There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. I'm Dios FM. And I am Mala Muñoz. Locatora Radio is your prima's favorite podcast hosted by us, Mala and Diosa. We're two IG friends turned podcast partners, breaking down pop culture, feminism, sexual wellness, and offering fresh takes on trending topics through nuanced interviews with up-and-coming Latinx creatives. Known as Las Locatoras, Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit, and Las Porcasteras Peligrosas, we were podcasting independently since 2016, but joined iHeartMedia's My Cultura Network in 2022. This year, we're continuing to share stories from the Latinx community pa todo el mundo. Welcome to Season 8. Are, Are you, you listening? listening? Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to Season 8 of Locatora Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. You're tuning in to Capitulo 183-183. Last time on Locatora Radio, we interviewed Catalina Garcia of Monsieur Perine about her new album, about her performance at the Walt Disney Concert Hall with the LA Philharmonic and Gustavo Duramel, alongside like a really fabulous host of other Latin American vocalists. Diosa and I actually attended the concert after we interviewed Catalina Garcia. It's a fabulous interview. Go ahead and subscribe to Locatora Radio, leave a review, and share with a friend. So we're going to just dive right into it today because we have a jam-packed episode, as always. Um, but we did want to provide some social context um, because, as we mentioned in our previous episode, we will be continuing to cover the crisis in Palestine for the rest of the season. And we actually only have like nine episodes left this season. So Wild. we will be continuing to cover this because we know it's an ongoing crisis. And so just to provide some more context as to where we are right now, Monday, November 27th, uh, according to Al Jazeera, more than 14,000 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza since October 7th, with thousands more believed to be trapped in the rubble. In Israel, the official death toll stands at 1,200. 
And for the past four days, there has been a, quote, pause of bombardment, but no ceasefire. And people around the world have demanded a ceasefire. We're continuing to encourage our listeners to be informed, to follow the different journalists that are on the ground in Gaza, and call the representatives to demand a ceasefire. So today to continue the conversation and to bring in some more voices who can speak directly to the matter, we're really excited and lucky to have on the show today Lauren Medina, who is the owner of Guerrera PR. Lauren is an adjunct instructor in the USC Thornton School of Music Industry Program. She has worked in the music industry for 22 years, and she, as I said, currently owns Guerrera Marketing and PR company of bilingual hybrid agency focused on public relations, marketing, consulting, and brand partnerships representing avant-garde Latinx artists who strive to create their musical lanes. Lauren is of Cuban and Palestinian descent and has been vocal about Free Palestine for many years. It's part of her personal and political praxis, and she's joining us today to discuss solidarity with the Palestinian people and Christian Zionism in the Latino community. So without further ado, we are going to bring on Lauren to talk to us about all the things Mala mentioned, and we hope you like this episode. So today we are joined by Lauren Medina. She is the founder of Guerrera PR and Marketing, and so we're going to be having a conversation with her about really the crisis in Palestine and where she stands as someone that's in between both cultures and has been talking about the Free Palestine Movement for a very long time. So, Lauren, without further ado, can you introduce yourself and say hi to our listeners? Hi, how's everyone doing? Uh, thank you, first and foremost, for having me, Diosa Mala. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening and to everyone who's supported Locatora. It's really important to support podcasts such as yours, which are female owned and operated and the topics that you cover are really important for our community so i want to thank you and acknowledge that so yeah my name is loren and i'm palestinian and cuban also have raices in, in colombia because my mom was born in colombia after after the first nakba i do public relations i'm also an adjunct professor at usc which i also teach public relations there i've been in the music business for 22 years and i've been teaching for it's coming up on seven that's pretty much me in a nutshell you know yeah thank you for joining us again thank you thank you so much you know we've been wanting to speak to uh, our audience about Israel-Palestine in a way that like captures, A, what are Palestinian people saying about what's going on? What are Palestinian folks asking? And also keeping in mind that our audience is a largely Latinx, Latina audience. And so what does our audience, that specific audience sort of need to hear or what are we missing when our community specifically is talking about Israel-Palestine? And so you, with your background and being who you are, you can sort of speak to both communities at the same time to some degree. So I just thank you for being here to, to facilitate this conversation. And I definitely can speak on that. So just to give you some context, my dad is... My dad passed away, but I still talk about him like he's here because <laughs> for me, he is right. So my dad was a, a political prisoner in Cuba. So he was part of a militia movement that was actually fighting against Castro and the revolution. And so my, then my grandparents are, are Palestinian and obviously like they lived through the first Nakba and the Nakba basically is what you're seeing right now. The second Nakba, which is the uh, expulsion of thousands of Palestinians 
And so I, you know, politics and, and politics and life have been completed since I was a kid. I have been taught about this. That's why my company is called Guerrera because I'm a, I'm a product of war. I'm a product of war refugees. Like I, I, if it wasn't for these things that happen in, in Cuba and Palestine, like I wouldn't be alive. So I think that um, one of the things that is really important to talk about for with Latinos is that, you know, Palestinians are part of a marginalized group, just like Latinos are in the US, just like a lot of Latinos have experienced in their own countries. Right. So all throughout the history of Latin America, we've seen so many civil wars. We've seen so many revolutions. We've seen so much oppression. We've seen, you know, the oppression uh, from white Latinos towards indigenous Latinos. We've seen, um, you know, what Mexicans have, have had to go through coming to the U.S., even like until recently under Trump, you know, what that looks what that looked like under Trump. Trump and still what that looks like now, right? Like you have somebody like Gregory Abbott in, in Texas and like what he's doing to prevent, you know, immigrants coming to this country. So just like a lot of Mexican-Americans like to remind, you know, white people, it's like, listen, Texas, California, that was part of Mexico. We are the indigenous people of this land. And Palestinians are the indigenous people of Palestine. And they're not the only ones and I want to just be fair to say that they're not the only ones that, that you know, the Palestinian people come from the Philistines and the Philistines were a sea people, a nomadic people that were up and down the coast. But, you know, back then you're talking about like, you know, thousands of years ago, like th that land was conquered by so many different empires. So it's been a land that has been home to so many different people of so many different religions. But Palestinians are are definitely have always been the indigenous people of the land. So there are a lot of parallels between Latinos and Palestinians in the sense where they have are, are two groups of people who have been constantly marginalized. And let me let me just start with the Latinos here in the US, right? And so they they've faced oppression. You know, most Palestinians are not as light as me. They're they're mostly brown folks, right? And so, you know, they've been discriminated because of their culture, because of their race, because of their skin color, because they're predominantly Muslims. Even my family was Christian, but they're the their Palestinians are predominantly Muslim. So they have all these things working against them. And it's the same for a lot of the Latinos who come to this country that don't come from the Spaniards that are indigenous, you know, from Central and Latin America who look like, who look very much indigenous, who are brown, and they face the same type of oppression. So there's a huge parallel, you know, between the Latino communities and, and Palestinians. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles, because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's a great example of some of the things we've been talking about here at Locatora, too, is like the historical solidarity between these two groups. And I think, Loren, like one of the reasons we invited you is because you're a great example of someone that combines the personal and political. I mean, you said that right off the bat, like this has been your whole life. And obviously you see how this this intertwines um, not only with you, but with other people. And it's apparent in your work as well. You know, you said Guerrera is marketing, like that's why it's named what it is, right? So how do you continue to embody and practice this in spite of maybe pushback um, you like, you know, sin pelos en la lengua, here you are. So how do you continue to embody this? And, you know, just thinking of, too, how this can inspire someone, right, to to be like, you know what, I can be about it, too, and I can talk about it, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I have the privilege to separate the two because that's part of my identity, right? So I I, I can't just separate that and just say, well, you know, I need to keep my political point of view away from work. Um, I also am lucky enough that I own my own business and I could and I choose to work with people who are aligned. You know, I lost a client earlier the first week that 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 this happened, that when Hamas invaded Israel, I spoke out day one. I mean, I've been speaking out, but I posted something about, you know, uh, one of the war tanks, uh, one of the bulldozers breaking through the fence. And I said, what is the price of freedom? And I got immediately accused of being anti-Semitic, which for your anybody listening, like Arabs are Semites. So I'm not anti-Semitic because I cannot be against myself. <laughs> well, I'm not a self-hating uh, Middle Eastern person, right? But I was called anti-Semitic. I was, I said, you know, I was told that I was a Hamas empathizer, that I was celebrating Hamas killing innocent Israelis. 
And it has nothing to do with that. It just had to do with the simple with the simple fact that like for many people living in Gaza, for them to see a bulldozer break through a fence that which they've been under a military blockade for over a decade was this beautiful feeling of freedom of having someone come and like rescue them, of like break down that wall and let them out, right? So I'm never not going to be vocal about this issue and many other social issues, which I champion, right? I'm very vocal about, you know, uh, I'm very I'm very vocal about championing the LGBTQ community, about champion, championing uh, migrants, about championing indigenous folks, about Black Lives Matter. I've always been. So for me, I think we're living in a, in a world and we're living in, in a time where if your heart is is in those places and you really support and want to uplift the voices of marginalized people there's you can't separate the two anymore because the same like the same people who follow guerrera on ig follow me so i'm not about to make my you know profile private because i'm scared of what the backlash is going to be i already lost a client I've already been warned, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you know, be so vocal because a lot of people in the in the music industry are pro-Israel and a lot of people in the music industry are Jewish. And I was like, I have nothing against anybody who's Jewish. I have a problem with Zionists. So everything that I've been talking about is now so evident that if people don't see it, then you have to ask yourself why you don't want to see it. Like, why don't you want to see the truth that is being unfolded like i'm not making stuff up when i when i'm saying three palestinian kids got shot by a white supremacist in burlington vermont two days ago well say there it is this is what we've been saying uh i really uh appreciate that not seeing things that are right there in front of you and i think something that we've talked about in past episodes with regards to palestine and Latinos and something that in asking around on the issue, the issue of like Christian Zionism, right? And you're touching upon uh, Latino, Latina, Latinx, Latine who are social justice oriented. There may be a blind spot when it comes to Palestine and what's going on in the region. And I think for I tend to believe and I think we tend to identify that blind spot as as being like there because so many of us are Catholic, so many of us are Christian, and there is like a reverence for Israel. And I, I know there's a lot of senoras who like will go basically on pilgrimages to to Israel, you know, Boy Israel. And it's like a big thing for um, a lot of Catholics. And I'm curious about your thoughts on the Christian Zionism, that Catholic Zionism with regards to Latinos. Yeah, I mean, I think... It, it all comes down to indoctrination. You know, this is this is indoctrination. I myself grew up Catholic and and being in Catholic school all through high school, I was very I was indoctrinated. And it and it took years of me consciously just taking all of that out of my system because it wasn't just cognitive, it was just in, in my body, like the physical reaction that I would have when I would have sex with someone that I wasn't in a relationship with, the guilt, you know? So it took years, years for me to deprogram myself. So I think that a lot of these people, you know, they don't know any better. And their their ignorance is, is their beliefs 
in 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 Catholicism or Christian or Christianity are conflated with the location of Israel because Jerusalem is in Israel. So it's like, you know, they they automatically associate Israel with being the Holy Land. But before Israel, before Israel was established, so prior to 1947, what was it called? It was called Palestine, right? So it was the British mandate of Palestine. It was Palestine. And it was supposed to always be a place where all the three major religions had a point of convergence, and that's Jerusalem. And so it's Jerusalem is holy for Christians, it's holy for Judaism, and it's holy for Muslims. So this is what they've been taught. This is what some you know, Jewish kids have been taught their whole life about what Israel means to them and why having a state is so important because of persecution. And all of that has merit, and it, there's a lot of truth to that. At the same time, I think we have to start asking ourselves, if you are a Christian or a Catholic, you, start, you have to start asking yourself, what is the price to pay for your upholding those beliefs? Is it worth upholding this respect and love for the Holy Land when it's acting like a terrorist group? As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. 
His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you too, you know, a lot of our listeners are Latinas. They tend to be social justice oriented, community focused, all of that, right? But what would you say to people in the community, in our community, our listeners, right, that are just tapping into this movement for the first time? I would say that we need your support. Like, we need you. If you are a social justice activist and you want to make changes, then you cannot just go for hard for one cause or your cause and that's it. It doesn't work that way. And even though the genocide is happening, you know, 5,000 miles away, we are living in the country that is making that possible. Israel is one of the richest countries in the world. One of the richest. So the $4 billion they get every year from the U.S., 90% of that goes into their military, which has the fourth largest army in the world. So we are paying for that with our tax dollars. That should infuriate you. It's time to to stop being scared because otherwise this is never going to change. And I know that it feels like we can't do anything, but yes, we are the boycotting. It's really helping the divestment. It's it's really helping the protesting. It's putting international pressure. We have never and my mom cries all the time. My mom's like, yo nunca he visto este tipo de apoyo the millones de personas all over the world. She said, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this type of solidarity. And you have to ask yourself, why are millions of people marching for Palestine and not for Israel? It's a great question. I think the the numbers and the show of support like speaks volumes here in L.A. Even this past weekend, there was another march in solidarity uh, with the Palestinian people Um, on our Instagram. We posted like a big march that took place downtown. Also, they marched to Pershing Square a couple weeks ago now. And uh, yeah, and I think that that says a lot about where at least where L.A. seems to stand on the issue. Yeah. And, and look at look at the type of people that go to the pro-Israel marches and the Palestinian marches. Mm. The diversity in our marches, like Latinos need to see themselves in that because the people who are marching, like people of color are not supporting Israel. They're supporting Palestine. They're supporting Palestinians. And most of us Latinos, even if we're white Latinos, we're still not fully white. We're still, you know, like our lineages are mixed. We're mestizos. We're all, we we all have, we're still not considered white people in this country. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I'm a white Latina and a white Middle Eastern woman, but I'm still not white in this country, right? So my point is, is that just look at the diversity. Look at how the indigenous communities, who they're supporting, Look who the black community is supporting, you know, so that that says a lot. That says a lot. I think, too, like in in one of the examples of solidarity is like thinking from the local perspective is like Karahe 
they were the first like local city in LA to pass um, a resolution demanding a ceasefire, right? And like the city of LA hasn't done that, no surprise, right? But Cudahy, like a small city in one of the gateway communities, right? It asked for a ceasefire. So I agree, like it does make you question like, okay, wait, countries all over Latin America, countries all over the world, um, not just the people, but also the governments are in support of Palestine. So what does that tell you, right? I think it's a very introspective question of like, it, like you said earlier, like it's right in front of you. Like if you're choosing to not see it, that's one thing, but it's the examples are there. Yeah, it's if you look at the, the, the votes in the UN on who wants to call a ceasefire, there's only like five, seven countries that don't. It's like the US, Canada, no surprise there, you know, uh, France, UK. I mean, predominantly white countries led by white people, colonizing countries. So it's like, no one can sit here and tell me, oh, because Russia and Iran and Hezbollah, they support, you know, uh, uh, Hamas, which is true. Um, and, and it's just like, wait, 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 hold up. There's a ton of countries in Europe that are also against Israel. Spain is leading the front on that one, which is beautiful to see. You know, because uh, they got a lot of they got yeah. a army. That they was wild. Of- I mean, that one surprised me. I mean, I, they have you're right. They have been super vocal in the the human rights violations. Right. Um, yeah. But I was also very shocked. Uh, clearly, obviously, the colonial legacy that Spain has. So it was shocking. But I agree. Like, yeah, they are in leading it. Yeah, there's 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 several countries, you know, in in Europe that that are that are championing Palestine. But, you know, at the end of the day, just it's without having the emotion, like take away the emotion from all of this, just looking at it from a factual point of view. It's like, you know, just do the numbers, just look at the country, the amount of countries that support a ceasefire, that support Palestinians, that that feel like Palestinians have the right to self-determination, to live in sovereignty, to, to have their own state. Just look at the numbers versus not. And most of the and and the and the seven fucking countries that support is Israel and funded and and are Israel's allies are all colonizing countries. So as Latinos, this should infuriate you because every country in Latin America was colonized. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and we're still living with the effects of that, with the with the repercussions of that. It is, colonization is well alive today in the systems that govern that govern our country. I was just reading right now how the APAC is, it wants to spend, is trying to get candidates up against Rashida Tlaib for $20 million, is trying to pay them, you know, to, to run against her. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it should just be infuriating to everyone. And and listen, I want to also acknowledge that uh, the Palestinian genocide is not the only genocide that's happening right now. We're, we're seeing this happen in Sudan. We're seeing this happen in the Congo. Um, Yemen has undergone like a brutal uh, civil war and, and Syria. So there are so many countries. We're not the only one. And it's 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 comparable to to the George Floyd situation. He wasn't the first, the last, and won't be the last, unfortunately. Uh, he, you know, his death sparked an outrage, and so the Palestinian genocide has sparked an 
outrage, but it's the conduit. You know what I mean? It's it's the conduit for people to to start opening their fucking eyes and be like, yo, the U.S. and Israel are terrorist states that that have started all these wars and fund all these proxy wars in the name of wealth and greed because Gaza is sitting under five billion dollars of oil, natural gases. That's really what's going on. That is really the bottom line. Right. So uh, the U.S. backs Israel because it needed a geopolitical partner in that area to have to to to. They needed an ally in in the Middle East, and geo the geopolitical location of Israel is perfect. And the amount of wealth that's in the Levant uh, region in terms of oil, they've already like, oh, when the war, as soon as the war started, like two weeks in, they were already licensing contracts to six major oil companies to start drilling. And they can't drill under Gaza. Why? Not to mention that Israel funded and propped up Hamas, but that's a different, that's, that's another podcast. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes, 100%. I am wondering, Lauren, if we have, we have listeners out there who want to know how they can uh, show solidarity, how they can participate, how they can get involved beyond posting on Instagram. Right. Um, what uh, what is what are your recommendations? Uh, what do you think is most helpful, especially for like a Latino community who who does not want to fall into the Christian Zionism side of things, who wants to like show their support for the Palestinian people? I think there there are so many ways, you know, the obvious ones are obviously like going to a protest, talking to people. Right. Uh, listening, listening to people who are Palestinian, who are on the ground. Uh, and following all of those accounts and just really informing yourself. Um, I would suggest that if you want to inform yourself on the situation, do not follow any American uh, media. They are, have been super biased and falsely reporting stuff from CNN to NBC to all of them, basically. I would say follow Al Jazeera, Reuters, Eye on the Middle East. There's several several news outlets and and, and and Instagram accounts that you can follow. I think the other thing is boycotting. That really works. You know, boycotting um, Nestle, which has Nespresso. Unfortunately, I'm oh god, I am an espresso person, but I just you know, I'm no more an espresso for me. Um, uh, Disney and uh, Starbucks. That's overpriced and gross, anyways. Um, you know, and I think we need to start, um, you know, like, like really decentralizing, like our monies, like I have investments and I have money in stocks and I called my financial advisor and I'm like, pull my money out of every company that I have any stocks in that may manufacture weapons, any of these companies that support Tesla or that support any of these other companies. I think shopping local, you know, um, like I'm I'm a person who would never buy anything that the Kardashian makes. Like we need to stop making rich people richer and we need to start investing in, in like our own community. So now I'm like, you know, buying makeup from brands that are made by la Latinos, la Latinas, um, you know, Middle Eastern folks. So I feel like there needs to be, we need to fight money with money because this is all about money. 
This whole entire conflict is about money. That is, that is the truth. Like aside from the genocide and, and aside from all the religious stuff and aside from the land, that is just the icing on the cake. The real, real, real reason is money. It always has been. It was that for Iraq. It was that for everything else. I think to, to finish answering your question, boycotting, divestments, if you have any money in stocks, like talk to whoever you your financial advisor is, or if you don't have a financial advisor, then start investigating and boycotting. There, we give all these major corporations way too much money. And what are they doing with that money? A lot of these people are doing really evil shit with that money and supporting these wars and supporting these genocides. And it's just like, we we have to be diligent about and hypervigilant about where we're spending our money. And I think that is 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 the one. And obviously, besides donating, you know, uh, donating money to, to organizations who are on the ground in Gaza. Um, but other than that, that's that's the only thing we can do that keep marching keep keep um signing petitions calling your reps like however but they they we can't let up because the for the next marginalized group that some shit happens to we all have to have the same energy at the end of the day the the u.s cannot survive without our tax money they need us <laughs> mm-hmm. the 2% is not going to put their own money to run this country mm-hmm. They need us. That's what people don't understand. So I, I feel powerless a lot of times personally because obviously this is so much. But then I'm like, wait a second, you know, if millions of us have solidarity and we get on the same program, they're gonna be fucked. And it's gonna be really scary. Imagine if like, you know, two hundred million people decided they weren't fucking paying taxes no more. Right. It's gonna put right. two hundred million people in jail. Yeah, and and that is often the the thing, uh, jailing people and and you know taking jobs away from people. They do that to discourage others from joining in, mm-hmm. right? And the examples that you gave at the top of the episode of people who have spoken out and then lost jobs, um, it is scary and it does scare people. And it's this cyclical thing. You know, the Red Scare was a big deal and people lost their jobs and their livelihoods if they were even considered to be at all like. Uh, you know, empathetic towards communism. And a lot of Black Lives Matter activists over the years have gone missing or turned up dead or in jail. And now um, folks that are expressing solidarity with Palestine are experiencing similar repercussions. Um, and so it is very scary, you know, to to be that person to step up. But you're right. When there is strength in numbers, um, when the masses come together, that's when uh, the powers that be end up, they have to relent. There, A change has to happen. Something's got to give, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen it with the civil rights movement, but I mean, it, it you they galvanized millions of people. And I feel like, you know, again, I don't, I don't think that anybody should be looking at this as, oh, this is just a Palestinian issue. This is a pers- people of color issue. This is a marginalized community issue. You know, what, what's been really beautiful for me to see is that in all the protests, I've, I've, I try to go to a protest at least once a week. And and so I see, you know, the LGBTQ community show up for us. I see, you know, the Indian community show up. I see a lot of Jewish folks show up. Those make me cry all the time. Um, I see 
obviously black folks show up. I mean, at Kehlani, I ran it. I run into her literally at every protest. You know, shit, Kehlani for president for real. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, it, it's really beautiful to see that and, and all the other marches I've been to for, for Black Lives Matter and for, you know, when Trump got elected, it was just, I think that's the one thing that gives me hope when I see, you know, all these people in, in protest. I think the only thing that's missing is that not enough people are posting because they're scared and, and it's like, I get it and I'm talking from a position of privilege because I own my own business. And if a couple clients fire me, it's not gonna affect me. It's not, I'm gonna be able to pay my bills just fine. So I understand that I wanna acknowledge that I also come from a place of privilege and that not everybody has the luxury to do that because there's people who are, you know, relying on brand money for their podcast or they're relying on brand money for their events and a lot of these brands maybe may, may have ties to people who are you know pro-israel who want us who would silence them or they would lose the job and and so i understand so if you're in that situation i don't need you to risk your your you know i don't need you to like end up in a bad financial situation because that's not gonna, I don't want, I, we don't want that for you, right? But if you, if that's not the case, then I feel like, okay, you know, show up, show up for us. And, and we're gonna show up for you always. You know, we're always, we're, because man, I'm telling you, if, if anybody knows war and genocide, oppression, uh, being called terror, my mom's, my mom was called a terrorist her whole fucking life living in Miami. Miami that, it, was always like predominantly white Cuban. As you know, a lot of Cubans vote for Trump, the majority. Um, you know, Cubans are pro-Israel, the majority. And my mom as a Palestinian woman living in Miami was called una India and in a, in a derogatory way, right? Because white Latinos use that term in a derogatory way, it was called una terrorista, you know, was was, my mom was super vocal about about being Palestinian and had a sticker in her car <laughs> that said, yo amo Palestina. My mom has always been writing hard and she is the quintessential Palestinian angry woman who's always like, you know, depicted as yelling, as angry. And I get her and I get it now because, because she has faced so much backlash just for existing, just for being who she is. So if anybody else has gone through that, then this should really pull on your heartstrings, man. You know, this should really like hit you deep and say, fuck, you know what? I come from a community that we live that shit too, you know? So we, we got to ride for each other. It's the only way, it's the only way. And it's not like, well, you know, I really love Starbucks, man, fuck Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, think when you think about the next time you think about getting a fucking Starbucks, think about that kid that they found on, under the rubble. That could have been your daughter. That could have been your little brother. That could have been your your niece, your nephew. Think about that shit. Starbucks is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Hard truths, hard truths. But um, I thank you so much for sharing your perspective um, and for giving our audience, you know, some some ways, some action steps that that they can take to to actually express their solidarity and get involved. <laughs>
Thank you so much for joining us, Loren. We really appreciate you for giving us some of the personal and political examples. So yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you, ladies, so much. And and I appreciate it. And to everybody who's listening, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Locamores, for tuning in to another episode of Locatora Radio. We will catch you next time. Besitos. Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, is executive produced and hosted by me, Mala Munoz, and Diosa Femme. Story editing by me, Diosa. Audio editing by Stephanie Franco. Thank you to our Locamores, our listeners, for all of your support. Besitos. Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella. Hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Femme. makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 